Recognition and Revelation I often quote the following brilliant identification by Elizabeth Drew, author of Poetry, A Guide to Its Understanding and Enjoyment. Quote, Poetry is not like life, but awakens and quickens new life. The poets find the right words in the right order for what we already dimly and dumbly feel. And they also fertilize in our consciousness responses which were lying inert and cloddish. Unquote. That goes, of course, not just for poetry, but for poetic prose. We've all had the feeling, when reading a brilliant insight eloquently captured, I know just what he or she means. But did we? More often, when I reflect on that experience, it's something closer to this. I've had some vague, fleeting impression that eludes my grasp, and then the author conceptualizes and verbalizes it for me in a form that's clear, solid, memorable, and beautiful. The artist has fertilized what in me was lying inert and cloddish, has found the right words for what I only dimly and dumbly feel. The longing for that sort of experience is one of the basic urges that drives me to great literature. And it's one so often satisfied in Frankenstein. I'll read something and feel simultaneously a sense of recognition and of revelation. Shelley will describe something familiar, but for which I never really had the words. Certainly not words as sublime as hers. I was reminded of one of my favorites from Frankenstein just days before I encountered it again on this reading. I first read this novel two years ago, and I arrived at Chapter 9 just after the second of the devastating Houston floods. This disaster was one that really hit home for me. In the first of those floods, my grandmother lost the home she had lived in for half a century. To see the city suffer such loss again so soon was positively heartbreaking. But, inevitably, the initial surge of interest, media attention, compassion, and active support quickly passed. Since this disaster was personal to me, I found myself imagining the suffering that lingered. And then I came upon a line in Frankenstein that I thought captured how the people of Houston must have then felt. Quote, Nothing is more painful to the human mind than, after the feelings have been worked up by a quick succession of events, the dead calmness of inaction and certainty which follows and deprives the soul both of hope and fear. Unquote. The dead calmness of inaction that deprives the soul of hope and fear. Wow. Even now, that identification gives me a chill of pained recognition and brings a tear to my eye. There's a similar phenomenon when we lose a loved one. There's the initial flurry of attention we receive and activity we're required to do, and then we're left with that agonizing calm. For me, just one such insight justifies the whole novel— but in Frankenstein, I found more than one in just these chapters. Here's another that took my breath away. Quote, 
The abrupt sides of vast mountains were before me. The icy wall of the glacier overhung me. A few shattered pines were scattered around, and the solemn silence of this glorious presence chamber of imperial nature was broken only by the brawling waves or the fall of some vast fragment, the thunder sound of the avalanche, or the cracking reverberated along the mountains of the accumulated ice, which, by the silent working of immutable laws, was ever and anon rent and torn, as if it had been but a plaything in their hands. These sublime and magnificent scenes afforded me the greatest consolation that I was capable of receiving. They elevated me from all littleness of feeling— and although they did not remove my grief, they subdued and tranquilized it. Unquote. This, I think, can be the effect of imperial nature or of great art. It can act as a glorious presence chamber. I love that term. Prompting us to put aside ruminations of the past or fears about the future and absorb ourselves in the pleasure of the moment. Its sublime and magnificent scenes can elevate us above all littleness of feeling, causing us to lay aside our daily cares and focus on our most fundamental values. I'm grateful to Mary Shelley for helping me with the beauty of so many of her descriptions do just that.